The financial needs of a business go beyond tax and attest services. That's why CTBK goes beyond accounting services and offers outsourced solutions through their affiliation with CFO Solutions Plus. These additional services allow clients to focus on their operational and long-term strategic goals. Trust CTBK's outsourced solutions to provide cost-effective, value-added financial services tailored to your company's needs. Call CTBK at 716-630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400. Or go to ctbk.com to learn more about CTBK's outsourced solutions. Welcome to a late night edition of Tim Graham and Friends brought to you by CTBK CPAs and business consultants. Uh, late night, at least as far as this podcast is concerned, we usually record it in the afternoon. But to accommodate our guest for this episode, we can't just do it whenever we want. The man has a job. Here is, once again, Breon Harris, Bill's super fan, tri-founder of the Bill's Mafia, and uh, he's here on uh, TGAF for the second time. Welcome back, Bree. Thanks for having me. I really do appreciate it. I think so many things are coming to a head from a, uh, a fan standpoint. You know, there's been a lot of debates. Um, and even though this isn't the AFC championship, it kind of feels like it with the way it's being treated by the fans and the media. We talked mm -hmm. about it on the previous podcast with uh, Heather Prusak, and it's almost as though, well, not almost. Uh, my my hope is that so much isn't put into this game that they they forget that you know there's still two more games to go to get to what you really want to do. That's not to say you should take this one lightly, uh, but okay. so much energy and is you know I, I just hope there's there's no letdown uh, for. Mm -hmm in case the chiefs in case the bills uh, you know do beat the chiefs and go on to the next round uh where are you with this matchup um the the big bad chiefs have already been defeated by the buffalo bills once this season i can envision it in my mind because i saw it with my own eyes just three months ago that the bills win this game um of course things are a little bit different but but where are you heading into this matchup that is not to send your team to the super bowl by the way even though it sure does feel like it yeah. Um, I, I guess um, I don't really take into account the beginning of the season because the Chiefs were they weren't who they are now. Um, so I guess that's that's really where I'm at with it. I'm not really nervous, nervous, but um, it's a little, little nervousness heading into it. Um, do I think the Bills are going to have the same performance they had um, last week against the Patriots? No. I mean, you teams don't really duplicate that type of performance the very next week, right? Plus it's a different, it's a different quarterback, it's a different team, different offense. Um, so um, do I think the Bills have a chance? Absolutely. Um, do I think the Chiefs have a chance? Absolutely. Um, they, this should be the, for the AFC championship. It sucks that it's not, but these are, in my opinion, the two, two, are, two of the best uh, teams in the AFC. And I think the two sexiest teams, if you'll allow me to use that phrase, uh, Patrick yeah, Mahomes versus Josh Allen, the quarterback showdown, you know, even if Derek, let's say Derek Henry does not get hurt and he finishes the year with probably 2000 yards rushing uh, and he is, and maybe an M the MVP favorite because of that, because he was playing that dominantly through the first eight games. So let's just say he's even still in this mix of the last four teams. Derek Henry just doesn't have it 
uh, when you're talking about putting this matchup together in prime time, making it the night game, the two mm -hmm. great young quarterbacks. Um, and we're, I guess we'll just get to this right now. I, I know what your feelings are on this because you, you tweet about it. And for those who don't follow Bree on Twitter, please do. Uh, he is an amazing follow. He's hilarious. He's provo thought provoking. I guess he's also just flat out provoking uh, sometimes, which I admire. Uh, that's, that's in my wheelhouse. Um, but always gives thoughtful responses. And as much of a fan as Bree is, is not a fan boy. There's a big difference between Bree's fandom and most Bills fans fandom. He's, uh, he's a realist, which I appreciate. But um, let's talk about this matchup, Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. Um, the one thing that I find interesting, as great as, as this rivalry could be, people talking about Brady Manning, Kelly Marino, whatever, Staubach, Bradshaw, um, but they've never played a good game at the same time. It's always been one playing it, you know, having a great game and the other one having a disappointing game. Um, I hope that we see that uh, on Sunday night. I would love to see a shootout. I would love, I, 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 it would suck for Bill's fans, but I'd like a nail biter. I'd like, you know, that's kind of what makes watching these games fun. Um, but these two guys make it, uh, I think, make it a coin flip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's kind of funny because it, it's a little bit like uh, the beginning of like the Brady Manning rivalry, right? Because we kept, assuming we were going to get shootouts with those, but it really never turned out to be like that. And um, what's funny is I was, um, I was looking at, um, I saw a tweet that said uh, they were asking questions about the best bills and chiefs games. And it reminded me of the time that we, we actually did have a shootout between uh, Trent Edwards and uh, Tyler Thigpen. Right. When the, <laughs> the bills dropped right? uh, 54 on the chiefs, which was the highest um, point scored against the chiefs. So, I mean, <laughs> that, I guess that's the shootout we, we want from Josh Allen and uh, Pat Mahomes. Kind of weird we haven't gotten it yet. Yeah, the thick pen game. Uh, everybody remembers it. Um, let's, let's bring this up because I know that you have thoughts on it, and I happen to agree, and I think it's a fascinating conversation that is difficult to have, which is one of the things that you pointed out on Twitter. It's a, twi it's a conversation that is worthwhile, uh, and I think it's really interesting and there's a lot of nuance to it and you can argue both sides. Hell, I, I don't agree with the other side, but I can argue it uh, because mm -hmm. I kind of under, but people, you, you can't, you can't necessarily have the conversation. And the, the, well, anyways, the belief is, and I'll state the case, which I agree with that the bills blew it when they did not draft Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. And there are Bills fans, obviously, who love Josh Allen and say, I wouldn't want it any other way. But give me your, give me your take on, uh, on the Bills declining uh, to, to see Patrick Mahomes as a future star in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, my stance has been that they, that they should have drafted Patrick Mahomes, right? And keep in mind, also, Deshaun Watson was also still on the board at the time, too. So, um, you, you know, they – my belief is Sean McDermott was gambling on the next draft class, right? He wasn't, he wasn't gambling on Josh Allen. He just happened to receive Josh Allen. Josh Allen happened to fall to Buffalo. Now had Josh Allen went number one overall, which is in hindsight what people believe should have happened. And 
Um, even some mock draft at the time had Cleveland taken uh, Josh Allen number one. Now, had that happened, we would have been stuck with, you know, Sam Bradford. Not Sam Bradford. I said this, said this last time. Um, Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen or Lamar Jackson or um, who's the other one? Uh, Baker Mayfield. Did you say him? Baker Mayfield. Right, right. So had we been stuck with that, then our Bills fans saying, yeah, Sean McDermott made the right decision, right? And then um, keep in mind, nobody knows how to draft falls, right? So I was, I was looking not too long ago, and all the mock drafts had the Bills jumping up to number six, um, jumping up to number four, number five, or whatever. But, you know, ha- had the Giants even took in a quarterback, which if you, if you remember, Eli Manning was on his last leg. They could have drafted a quarterback. Um, Denver could have drafted a quarterback. Nobody's seen um, Denver taking who they took, and I think it was the, uh, the defensive end or whatever. Um, but – and then the other side is um, Bill's fans saying, okay, well, you know, if he took – if they took Patrick Mahomes, would he have been as successful as he was in Kansas City? And I always push back and say, hey, but if you remember correctly, the Bills made the playoffs with Terod Taylor, right? So what you're saying to me is you believe Patrick Mahomes would have been worse than Terod, which is not – which is not what I believe, right? So you – he would have been a rookie quarterback making the playoffs with that team. Right. Right. And for the record, uh, the giants took Saquon Barkley with the second overall pick. Obviously Saquon Barkley is a fantastic player, but there's a reason that Dave Gettleman is no longer the general manager of the New York giants. And it's because of picks like that. He picked a player that is a lot more easily replaceable than a quarterback. The jets then took Darnold third, the Cleveland Browns being the Cleveland Browns took Denzel Ward. Now he's a really good player too, but still, uh, you know, they had, uh, they drafted their quarterback first overall Denzel Ward with the fourth pick ends up uh, looking, uh, <laughs> looking better than Baker Mayfield going first overall. And so mm-hmm. Josh Allen is then the third quarterback off the board. Uh, things could have gone a lot differently. The Denver needed a quarterback. They went with Bradley Chubb. That's who you were uh, uh, referencing right, yeah. earlier. So yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of luck. The Bills were not in control uh, to get Josh Allen. Let's say in the perfect world that that's the guy they wanted 100%. They knew it. Um, As Brandon Bean has told me before, though, there's no such thing as magic eyes when it comes to uh, being a talent evaluator in sports. And Mm -hmm. just so many variables, so many variables. And, of course, so then it works out that the Bills – look brilliant because they end up with Tredavious White and uh, Tremaine Edmonds and Josh Allen and whatever else. I I can't remember how the, all the different ways that that trade worked into other things. And so they have a package of players. uh, And then you would say, would you dare trade all of those players for Patrick Mahomes? Well, no, you wouldn't now, but for all of those things to work out is a high degree of luck. And what it reminds me of, uh, Bree, is the conversation that is had when people want to judge uh, whether or not the Pagulas know what they're doing, uh, because people like to compare the hockey team to the football team. And of course, because people don't like the Pagulas, they will readily mention how lucky they have been on the football side. Hockey side speaks for itself, all the different coaching changes they've gone through. The football side, we can see clues as to how they think because of what they did. They retained Doug Whaley. They were going to retain Doug Marone until Doug Marone quit on him. They then hire Rex Ryan, which was a disaster. They retained 
uh, Russ Brandon in a very prominent role with a lot of say. You know, there's a lot of things that they, and, and then they happen to get it right with Sean McDermott, who brings Brandon right. Bean, who then brings Joe Shane, who then brings Lake Dawson and Brian Gain, and you know this this great group of lieutenants all the way around Brandon Bean, and then you get end up with what turns out to be a, some really good draft picks. But it's funny because well, people will then say, well, the Pagulas got lucky. They fell, they fell back asswards into success in the NFL because of a hire that they made. But they won't ever they won't dare uh, concede the possibility that that Josh or that um, Sean McDermott fell back asswards into a franchise changing quarterback after right. after deciding not to draft Patrick Mahomes. And and that that's the crazy part because if if it wasn't for Josh Allen, to be honest with you, there'd be a lot of questions surrounding the team, the moves that this team made. Because you, you have to remember they drafted Nate Peterman and he started him twice. Right? They had they right. gave him the job twice. Right. Uh, it, Sean, yeah, Sean McDermott's his magic eyes says Nathan Peterman is better than Terod Taylor. And mm -hmm. it's it's better for us to start the season with Nathan Peterman instead of putting our rookie in there. Right. Yeah, exactly. you're right. The, Josh Allen has saved these people from themselves multiple times. You're absolutely, right, you're absolutely right. You're um, absolutely right. We'll talk more about the game, but I just mentioned Dave Gettleman. So I want to get into this because, uh, well, I guess it threads with the point we were just making just now about how luck is involved and how the, there's a butterfly effect, really. You know, mm -hmm. the, you know, the a butterfly's wings flap in Japan and, you know, it, it, how, how far much does it affect the weather in uh, South Dakota? Um, but we have a ripple effect that is about to take hold. I just mentioned Dave Gettleman, not uh, the general manager anymore in the New York with the New York Giants. And uh, he was replaced today by Joe Shane, who was uh, the assistant general manager to Brandon Bean. And Joe Shane has talked already about wanting to interview Brian Dable for the head coaching job, uh, Leslie Frazier for the head coaching job. Uh, those guys are being looked at elsewhere. Um, I think it's that's good news. It, it's tough to lose. It's tough to lose this. But what, what brain drain is happening, it's because other teams want your guys. And that means you're mm -hmm. doing well. But where what's your... Do you have any trepidation, Bree? I guess now that pe people are starting to poach Bill's thinkers. Um. Well, from a obviously from a fan standpoint, you you want to be that organization that people uh, look to 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 want to copy um, and emulate. Um, so you know, there's, there's really no um, there's no doubt that if he, I mean, not if, but when one of these bills coaches go you can assume maybe some of these other coordinators will go too like uh ken dorsey he could be hired as the offense coordinator if brian dayball is the coach over there right because there's some familiarity over there um i'm pretty sure like some of the coordinators will be poached um the question is what's what's going to happen right does the philosophy change um you know are they going to promote within it just depends I just I, I'm just eager to see what 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 will happen. Right, you could have somebody like you know Ken Dorsey could get promoted. He could come up in the pipeline. I think Bills fans would probably like that. 
Uh, we've heard uh, Josh Allen sing the praises of Shea Tierney a lot of times. That's a name that a lot of people think highly of. So there are, there are people who could come up through the Bills system. But as you mentioned, Bree, when a coach or a coordinator leaves, he may take some position coaches with him. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's that's absolute possibility. And, and something that I should not be overlooked, probably the most important point that you said there is the philosophical change. Just because Josh Allen has been in this Brian Dable system, some other, there's another coordinator coming in. Sean McDermott can't run this offense. He can't just say, okay, I've been the head coach for the past few years, and I know how we run our offense. I'm call, I, Sean, you don't want Sean McDermott calling the plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and, if you, in, if my, you, in, my, in my, my opinion, sorry to interrupt, no, um, no, I, I don't think, and I've said this to, um, I'm pretty sure it was Tyler Dunn, but I don't think Sean McDermott really likes that aggressive pass happy approach that Brian Dayball employs, you know, like on the surface, you know, he's, he's probably fine because he's winning, but I don't think deep, this is just my opinion. I don't think deep down inside, he really likes all that throwing and all that aggressive gunslinging approach that Brian Dayball and Josh Allen loves. He drops clues all the time with in his news conferences about how we're not yep. running the ball enough. We need to establish the run more. Uh, he said it after the Falcons game uh, in which Devin Singletary had a really nice game. Uh, he said, that's how you need to win. That's how you need to play this time of year in this weather heading into the playoffs. Now he mm-hmm. walked it back after the Jets game in which he said, now you need the threat. You need to have the threat to run the ball. But I think that his, his comments after the Falcons game were more truthful. Uh, and yeah, I, I wonder how much, how much he does or does not uh, meddle with what Brian Dable wants to do. And mm-hmm. the next coordinator that comes in, well, Sean McDermott's hiring that coordinator and there might need to be some sort of meeting of the minds as to how we're going to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a fascinating, uh, a fascinating element uh, to where you know, we, we might look at a, a total, well, I don't want to say totally different thinking, but it, it, Josh Allen also, this isn't Jim Kelly with the K gun. You can't just mm-hmm. say, all right, Josh, you've learned enough from Brian Dable and Ken Dorsey over the last four years what do you think? Or why don't you, why don't we let you run it? Well, mm-hmm. that doesn't do you any good either. There's going to be a, there's going to be an offensive coordinator uh, of the Buffalo bills. Uh, there's going to be another one at some point, whether it's 2022 mm-hmm. or, or whatever, but there's going to be another mindset. There's going to be another philosophy. And even if it's slightly different, that could be this, a slightly different approach can bring much different results, mm-hmm. not necessarily positive. I agree. Right. Right. So I think it's uh, good news uh, that the Bills are losing these people because take a just think back. Let's think back to after Tom Donahoe, or let's even include Tom Donahoe. Let's go back to John Butler. When was the last time the Bills had an organization in which other teams wanted their people? Um, think back on all the different executives that the bills have had and i'm talking about not just the general managers but the top uh the top assistants um tom modrak john guy uh those types of uh, assistants um doug whaley marv levy as an executive russ brandon as a general manager 
Buddy, Buddy Nix, uh, who, mm-hmm. you know, he retired. It's not like, he, well, he was kind of, he was pushed out. Uh, and mm-hmm. because of his age, it wasn't. But these guys don't get jobs elsewhere. When they're done with the bills, they are done. And well, you know, Tom Donahoe gets a job as a consultant or a scout and that type of thing, but they don't get commensurate jobs somewhere else. The Bills have, and I and I had to make sure I had the list here handy so I don't forget anybody. So obviously you have Joe Shane, who just got hired by the New York Giants. Uh, Malik Boyd is considered future GM material. Terrence Gray, ditto. Lake Dawson has been a vice president of football operations before with the Tennessee Titans and turned down a job offer from the Dolphins a few years ago to be their general manager. Uh, Brian Gain has been a general manager. Uh, Dennis Hickey has been a general manager. Um, there are people here on the Bills staff that Brian B, uh, that uh, Brandon Bean has uh, accumulated that are proven NFL talent evaluators. And it's just so refreshing to see this after so many years of those Ralph Wilson absentee years where he had Russ Brandon just, Russ, you just figure it out. And uh, he ends up hiring Doug Whaley. And and so Doug Whaley's not had gotten a job in in the NFL. Uh, He's Mm -hmm. in the minor leagues. Uh, Jim Monas, all all these guys, they just, they get out of the business. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. As a Bills fan, it has to be refreshing to see other teams want your guys. Yeah, I mean, it was our our organization was such a disaster. Like it was, it was embarrassing. Like the it was just horribly run. Horrible coaches, you know, horrible draft and horrible players. Players never wanted to stay. You know, it was it was crazy. Yeah, you had coaches coaches quitting on them. Mike Malarkey and Doug Marone. Thinking mm-hmm. about guys like Dre Archer. Nah, I'm good. Nah, I know. I'm just going to not play football anymore. Uh, Kyle Orton. Uh, Kyle Orton gets, uh, you know, almost to the playoffs, has a really good year. He's like, no, I don't need those millions of dollars. I, I, I don't. Thanks. But no, I'm not coming back. Um, there's a bunch of players, too. I mean, I, I, there's probably others that, that are maybe even obvious that who are just like, yeah, football's not for me. Uh, if, if, foot, right. if this is football, then football's not for me. Uh, much rather not. Yeah, I'll, I'll just, yeah, I'm going to get into investment banking or farming uh, than, uh, than uh, live in Orchard Park, New York. Great place, Orchard Park. But when you can live anywhere or you're from Florida or Texas or California, a little different. Um, so your thoughts on this game then, then Bree? We've been talking about it from kind of a philosophical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um do you think the Bills have to win this game for it to be a successful season? No, oh, absolutely. That's literally what their whole entire offseason was about was beating the Chiefs, right? Which, with that said, they can't then beat the Chiefs and then lose in the um, in the AFC Championship game, right? So, absolutely, they, they this is – there's really no other way of putting it. I didn't even send in my tweet earlier today. There's no moral victory if we lose this game. Right. Like I don't there's there's no, you know, blaming the refs. There's no, you know, this whatever happens to make. Oh, there'll be bla- there will be blaming of the refs if the right, Bills right. lose. It will not oh, be the absolutely. Bills' fault. <laughs> absolutely not. Right. So but we're prepared for that. Right. But I'm I'm just saying like there's there's no excuse for us to not win this game. If you bring everybody back. Right. And you draft, you know, defensive end with your first two picks. Right. You literally geared up for this game and for this opponent 
and to make a playoff run, right? So the the playoff run was beating the Chiefs, right? So again, it's you can't just beat the Chiefs and then not win next week, right? You, this was a playoff run. They brought everybody back for this playoff run, and it goes to the Chiefs. We were talking about it earlier uh, when we uh, hit the record button uh, about a possible letdown, and I know that I'm looking way beyond the Chiefs. I can do that. The players can't. Uh, I don't think I'm jinxing it by saying it, but you mentioned it there, a possible letdown. Uh, I think that that was a big issue for the Bills after they beat the Chiefs the first time because that was their mm -hmm. Super Bowl. Their entire offseason, as you mentioned, it was no longer anything about the Patriots. They were written off. They were, they were bad last year. They had a rookie quarterback. The entire conversation throughout the offseason, into training camp, throughout the preseason, have we done enough to beat the Chiefs? Uh, and then they did so. And then I think that's really when we saw things get sideways for the Bills. Right after beating the Chiefs, the, I think maybe a sense of accomplishment, um, a release, the relief. But then to lose at Tennessee, uh, they to lose at Jacksonville, of course, was unforgivable. Even the games in which they won, they seemed to struggle a little bit, or they'd have a bad first half and need to you know come come out uh, guns blazing in the second half to make up for it. Uh, the loss to Indianapolis, a dome team in bad weather on your home uh, on your home field, um, you know all that type of stuff. And of course, they they've turned it around. They won five in a row, but there was a stretch there quite a bit right after that Kansas city win where I, it, you couldn't imagine them winning consecutive games and to, mm -hmm. to look ahead at getting to the Lombardi trophy where you would have to, at that time, it, it got to be clear that they weren't going to get the, the first seed uh, in that first round by. So you're saying, can this team win four games in a row? Can they win mm -hmm. four? They can't even win two in a row. They can't even look good against bad teams or they can't look as good as they should against really bad teams like the jets uh, and the, in the Jaguars. Uh, but now here they are, they've kind of erased that at least as, as far as I'm concerned, I can see them winning enough game. I can see them winning the super bowl now because of the way they're playing. Uh, and with this five game win streak, two of them over the Patriots um, emotional wins too. You got another emotional opponent coming up here. Um, do you think they have what it takes to finally be the team that gets it done for, for Buffalo, Bree? Um, I, I think they do, but um, I, I do think the concern is, and I don't know if I said this earlier, but I know I said it on Twitter, that the, the emotional thing for the Bills team and fans is you beat the Patriots and then you beat the Chiefs. Is, do you now think that, all right, well, we don't have to worry about the championship game because, you know, we already – you know what I'm saying? I think that's that's such an emotional, like you said earlier, such an emotional. Those are those are the two. If you were to say, if you were to tell any Bills fans, how would you want to? How would you want to uh, reach the Super Bowl? The answer is going to be, I want to beat the Patriots and I want to beat the Chiefs, right? Well, you're doing that in the first two, the first two weeks. There's still a third week, right? So yeah, Cincinnati well, doesn't have, have the same pizzazz. Now Cincinnati would be in Orchard Park, but maybe that's also a little bit of a a lull to sleep. Um, and this is where, you know, somebody who's covered Buffalo sports for 20 years, you've been a Bills fan for however many years. Uh, this is the cynicism that, that we have in our systems, right? right. It's, uh, right. It, we, we're, we're looking for the, the ways that we we're going <laughs> to, that we're, that we're going to have to either you be disappointed or I'm going to have to chronicle it. Um, but mm -hmm. you're right. I do think that that's something that we could look back on in a couple of weeks as that was, it was just too hard to get up for so many emotional games in a row.
Mm-hmm. And and I to me, and I said this. Um, keep saying I keep referring back to Twitter, Lord have mercy. But um, I even tweeted like the Bengals. I'm not gonna lie to you; they are pretty, pretty dangerous on offense, right? Like we don't have Tre'Davious White, and yes, we haven't we haven't needed him. But we're talking about you having to cover Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase, and Joe Mixon. There's, I they have a lot of firepower on offense. And that that scares me. Yeah, they're and they play pretty good defense. I mean, it's not as they're mm-hmm. they're, they're not they're they don't have a glaring weakness. Um, I I actually thought it was good news for Bills fans that uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is uh, cleared to play, because what mm-hmm. I saw out of Jarek McKinnon uh, against the Steelers did not look too appealing uh, for a mm-hmm. defense to have to worry about. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has ball control issues. Um, He's, he can he can make a big mistake, uh, but Jarek McKinnon was just slithery and electric, and I don't know. Well, just because Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is healthy doesn't mean McKinnon's uh, – the, the Bills aren't going to have to worry about McKinnon. But um, huge, huge test for, for this defense. Um, what else do you want to talk about, Bree? Um. I do. I do want to say, um, Heather, um, Heather Pruzak, right. Mm-hmm. Um, she told me at one point before on my old account that I was her favorite Twitter person. So I don't, I don't know if that still stands at this point. She, she's now married now, right? She is. She is. Right. So I may not be her favorite person on Twitter anymore. However, oh, because you're saying her husband has to be her favorite person. He has to, yeah, he, I by see. default, by default. He, it, it's, um, who is it? Isn't he a reporter as well? Yeah, John Scott with Spectrum. Right. Oh, Marvelous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, he yeah. Has but you're to, out of town, so you don't to you don't get to watch him because you're out of town. But uh gotcha. But yeah, I, I I know Heather and John both, and I I would actually be surprised if she says he is her her favorite. <laughs> Marvelous. As long as <laughs> I'll I still have her. that number one spot, I'm fine. Please do. Ever since I got my new account, I don't I don't think she's um she's realized that I that I my account was suspended. So I just want to make sure I'm still so at least top three. I'm going to text her right now. Maybe she'll answer before we sign off here. Um, I also want to mention how this, you know, I don't, one, one time is a coincidence, two times is not, right? And this is the second time I've been on here with no Jonah. So I just want to throw it out there as well. Who is it? Matthew Fairburn with me. Yeah. Yep. Matt was here the first time. I think, yeah, let's, I'll have to check with Jonah about that. Well, Jonah does have, uh, I do know that he's spoken for tonight. He's covering Niagara University basketball game. So it's not like I said, uh, hey, let's get uh, Bree on the show. And he was like, yeah, count me out. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to run with. Um, Let me just finish this text to Heather. We should have her just kind of drop in on us. <laughs> That'll work. So um, I think it's interesting, too, that the Bills are the underdog in this game. And one of the reasons for that is uh, it goes back to my boxing coverage days when I lived in Las Vegas and um, 
and then I covered boxing even after I moved to Buffalo for a while. I was the president of the Boxing Writers Association. I stayed really plugged in with it and uh, not, almost not at all anymore uh, because the sport is, is in bad shape and just doesn't interest me. But, yeah. but when it came to that, uh, YouTube guy boxing now, right? Right. Yeah. All that it's stuff. Such an embarrassment. That stuff that is, is so actually bad. maybe the most interesting part of boxing, which is the it underscores the sadness of it, how pathetic things mm -hmm. have gotten. Right. Um, but when there would be a major rematch, big blockbuster rematch, for instance, uh, Tyson Holyfield. Um, and we watched with our own two eyes, Holyfield totally dominate Tyson the first time. And then the Vegas odds come out for the rematch after it's announced that the fight's going to happen. And Tyson is a three to one favorite. And I, and it never, never seemed to work out. Yeah, there are trilogies and those fights do happen, but, and you, and you, and, and most, most fans, when it comes to boxing, they're casual fans. So they only see the, the top level, you know, the big blockbusters, like I said, whereas mm -hmm. I'm covering it and I would see these rematches of welterweight, you know, champions or guys who you weren't household names. And it always seemed to be, uh, it, it always was the, would be the same. There'd be an upset in the first one and mm -hmm. the odds would come out and they'd have the, this, the guy who just won the fight was the underdog. And, mm -hmm. it, and he would win the second one too. And the reason being is because there's, it, it wasn't just happenstance. Uh, mm -hmm. He actually happens to be better. Uh, he matches mm -hmm. up better. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I think that that's, that might be the case here with this Bills game. Uh, I think I, I've, I watched the Bills curb stomp the Chiefs just three months ago. And I know things mm -hmm. are different. I know Chris Jones is going to be in the game for Kansas City. And I know Tredavious White is not. And I know that the Chiefs are playing much better football and not giving the ball away, but um, I think the Bills win this game. I, I don't know if you're into the the prognostication game, uh, Bree, but do you do you have a sense? Do you have do you, do you are you getting um, you put your ear to the the railroad track? Do you, can you hear what's coming? What what's your gut tell you? Um, my <clears throat> I think my but when we're heading into um, Head into the Pagers game. Yeah, we was on a five-game winning streak, but in my opinion, Josh wasn't playing that well, right? And I even said um, uh, earlier on in on Twitter that um, since week, um, I want to say the bye week, Josh has thrown the most interceptions out of anybody in the NFL, right? Even in the Falcons game you alluded to earlier, he uh, the reason why we started running is because he was throwing – two and three straight interceptions. Um, so they literally stopped having him throw the ball and had Devin Singletary run it. Yeah. But the game against the Patriots, he got back on track, right? So I guess the Patriots game is, is, is now what's giving me confidence that if Josh can stay on that and that offense can stay on that, on that, type, of, um, that type of performance and him not get too, too, um, too high on, you know, having to play Mahomes and know what this means – I do think Buffalo will win. It'll. It, I think it'll be a high-scoring game because again, you you don't have Tre'Davious White, and that that's going to be a huge difference. Yeah, that that was that Falcons game, and I'm glad you brought that up, Reed. That was a weird game in that mm -hmm. you're right. Coming off of the Patriots win, it seemed as though Josh Allen had it figured out, and he is not tightly wound like he used to be. Mm -hmm. um, and even just last season, he is calm. He seems to see the field uh, very well. 
He seems to know how to use his teammates rather than, you know, go with the hero ball. He still has big games without putting the ball in jeopardy. He's not doing stupid stuff. And he has matured into, I think, what it, a franchise quarterback is all about. I mean, the, the guy has the potential to be great, truly great. And at least within this confine, the confines of a single season, he is he's great here. But I'm talking about great greatness as we look back when mm-hmm. he retires. Um, he has all those tools. Um, but that Falcons game was strange in that it was a mm-hmm. game that didn't mean much. Uh, even though the Bills had to win it, but it was a non-conference game, a loss there really, you know, isn't that they had just beaten the Patriots to, to regain uh, command. And it, there was like, it seemed to be a little bit of a going through the motions, which was, was, uh, was disconcerting to see. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that Josh Allen still exists. I think, I don't think it's totally out of his system. And right. I think that's the point you're, you're trying to make is that just, mm-hmm. be, just saw it. What was that? Atlanta was th- three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. January 2nd, here we are. Yeah, just three weeks ago, he had a horseshit game. Mm -hmm. And I think the difference between Josh Allen now um, when he has a bad game or not, like when he's in the middle of having a bad game, he can flip it around and start running the ball, right? Whereas, you know, I think in the past, he would keep – he would try to throw his way out of having a bad game, right? Now, this time – they switch it and they'll try more run controller, more runs with Josh to get them back on track. So I, I think that's it's, it's sort of like um, everybody refers to the Tampa game, Tampa game, the second half as a turning point, right? And I, I believe that's the same way because he, he, Josh at times put the whole team on his back, right? He puts the whole office on his back and we're going to lose, we are one or lose by Josh or with Josh. Right. So yeah. I think that's what gives me confidence. And um, I, I do think they'll pull it out. I just, it's just that next week, I'm telling you, if, if we, when we pull it out this week, next week is, is going to be crazy. There's no parade for winning in the second round of the playoffs. And right. it may feel but that way. They, they will be at that airport. Yeah. They will. <laughs> win or lose. That's win right. or lose. They'll be win at that or airport. Lose. That's the right. Point. I know that's your favorite part of uh, Bill's fandom is the airport uh, visit. Oh, it, it's the, it's the, uh, the, my favorite part about the airport part is the people defending it. Like it's not weird. Right. right. <laughs> right. It's not the fact that they do it. It's the fact that people are like, Oh, let fans be fans. And then they, they like to throw that quote about what fans mean and how it literally means fanatic and blah, blah, blah. It's weird. It's whack. It's corny. It is what it is. That's why it's a thing is because it's weird. So if you're going to do the right. thing, at least admit that it's weird. Right. That's what exactly. makes it a thing. It's, it's exactly. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> oh, my goodness. If you want to embrace the thing, you have to acknowledge that it's a thing because it's right. a bit friggin' wacky. It's, uh, right. it, yeah. Exactly. Well, Bree, thanks for this. Um, I will not be out at the airport like some of the other uh, media outlets have to. They feel like they have to go out there and capture it. And I mean, it's a wild scene. I guess it makes for good TV. But um, I'm sure you'll follow it on on the social media. Um, Any plans to get to any of these games? What what has to happen for you to to attend a game? Um, I I think um, I was thinking about the championship game, um, but definitely if if they make the Super Bowl, I'm probably going to be in Buffalo. Um, I'm not sure where I'm going to watch the game at. Probably at um, 
Amherst Ale House. See what I did there? Um, so uh, that, and then I have to, there's going to be a parade. I'm pretty sure that's probably the only time I'll be at the airport, you know, if the Bills win a Super Bowl, definitely be at there with the airport people. Um, and then, you know, I just can't, sometimes it makes me excited and I have to calm, calm myself down because thinking about the Bills winning the Super Bowl and then the parade, and I, I already know I'm not going to be at work for a week. Like that's, that's a given. I don't know if I have to, um, you know, think like I'm sick or whatever I have to do, but there's no way the Bills win the Super Bowl. I'm going to be at work. You know, it's funny you bring up uh, Amherst Pizza and Ale House, uh, Bree, because it is the place to go to watch the college and pro football games and all the pay-per-views for your boxing, your UFC, MMA needs, all that stuff. And with legalized betting now allowed in uh, the state of New York, you want to go to a place that has a bunch of televisions. And uh, Amherst Pizza and Ale House is the place for you to go and monitor how your wagers are doing. Recognized by ESPN.com as Western New York's top spot to watch sports. Uh, Stop in. Uh, or call for takeout and delivery, 716-625-7100. One more time uh, for takeout delivery, 716-625-7100. Amherst Pizza and Ale House. You, sir, get some sort of kickback for setting me up like that because uh, that was a professional turn on your part. That's right. That's right. That's what, that's what I'm here for, you know? And I likely would have forgotten. And I have a... I have a text from Heather Prusak just now. She says, OMG, Bree, where has he been? Tell him I miss him. <laughs> Marvelous. I'm, I'm going to go follow her on Twitter. How long ago was your account suspended? Uh, uh, last um, 2020, January 2020. Okay. Two years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm letting her know. All right. I'm, I feel like I've reunited long lost friends. This feels like uh, it's been a very uh, rewarding uh, podcast for me to have you on here. Uh, I feel like I've given back by reconnecting you and Heather Prusak and uh, we've, uh, we've delivered some uh, thoughtful content. Bree, I can't Absolutely. thank you enough for this. No, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Next time I promise I will have Jonah Bronstein, even if it's by gunpoint, uh, he will be (laughs) on the podcast. Sounds good. CTBK is more than just a full-service accounting firm. They are one team with an innovative approach to accounting and rise to each new challenge with collaborative problem-solving skills. CTBK goes above and beyond by lending helping hands in the Buffalo and Niagara community through volunteer work and donations and is partnered up with Victory Sports, for 2020 and 2021 to keep kids in the community active. The professionals at CTBK are determined to help individuals and businesses succeed. Whether a large corporation, a small business, or somewhere in between, call CTBK at 716-630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400, and see what CTBK's one-team approach can do for you.